Welcome to the Poetry Questions TPQ20, where we sit down with your favorite authors to talk about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. My name is Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. How's it going? Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for agreeing to hop on TPQ20 today. I, I'm glad we could finally uh, grab a date and make this happen. Uh, I'm a big fan of Trace Evidence, so I will. Uh, I will start off like I start off with everyone else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, let me say thank you for having me. I'm right. Really as I got tripped, as I get tripped time. up in my words, <laughs> I appreciate it. As I always like to say on TPQ20, we know who you are, but our audience may be new to you. So if you were to give the bio that is not on the back of Trace Evidence uh, or not on your uh, your new CV as a guest editor of Poetry, uh, who would you say you are? I love and hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> I've asked it about like, 150 like in, times now, and it, it's in, always... In equal measure, Chris, like I love that you asked this and then it's impossible, you know. Um, I think what I would say in response to that is to just describe myself in ways that I feel are abiding and not of a particular moment. And so I would say that I am uh, a large hearted, empathic uh, human being interested in collaboration and unification and uh hope wherever we can find it all right okay that's my answer and that's i like that that gives us a few different a few different ways to go here so let's start with uh ooh, let's start with collaboration because that's such a weird concept in the uh world of poetry poetry <laughs> uh poetry mm -hmm. feels and uh seems on surface like a very solitary yeah. uh, experience so um what does collaboration mean to you within the context of poetry uh yeah let's start there yeah. what is, okay what, um, yeah. i think collaboration for me is related to community um and let me sit with this <laughs> The kind of collaboration I was referring to in my intro or in my, you know, um, non-CV bio <laughs> is existential human coll collaboration, mm. uh, collective collaboration, you know, um, living from uh, an acknowledgement that we are all here beholden to one another and uh, interdependent in ways that are really quite obvious and in ways that we can often forget. And living from that place um, as a kind of point of departure, you know, it's um, it's something that I'm aware can sound sentimental or pat, um, but I think it also is uh, real and true, and that it is possible. And um, within within poetry, you know, I I think of my friends. I think when when you ask me what collaboration means, I think of people that I share my drafts with. Uh, talk about poems with. I also think about people whose work I know who I've never met, 
you know, like I think about poets who are already dead, even maybe, you know, where there's there's something inherently collaborative about tradition, about, you know, um, poetic inheritance. And, um, you know, I guess that maybe is like, maybe collaboration is like the, the other side of uh, the same coin as mm. influence or something. Ooh. You know, I like that. Um, I like that. I think uh, I think uh, Ira Matthews posted the other day about uh, collaborations. Uh, if you could collaborate with with another poet, dead or alive. Oh yeah, I think um, I saw that. And it was it was really interesting to see some of those some of those combinations of people. Um, and I guess Prince on the list. <laughs> Prince was on the list. I thought. Right? I'm pretty positive Prince was on the Prince list. And Emily Dickinson or something. Uh huh. I think my favorite was uh, Lucille. I think it was Lucille Clifton and John Donne. That's it. Yeah. Uh, was that was that was the one that got me to stop and go? Okay, I need to read a little bit more on this thread here. <laughs> I, I guess the other side of collaboration for you and and maybe where you're venturing for the summer. Um, mm the you know the world of being an editor mm -hmm. uh can be well can be one of two things you can it, there are definitely editors that are very hands-off and and mm -hmm. don't don't do a whole lot and let the uh, let you know feel like they let the artist kind of do what they'd like to do yep. um and then there are editors that want to be invested and involved in the work mm -hmm. um as an editor how do you collaborate with those who uh whose writing is sitting in front of you uh i definitely think of myself as the latter you know i if it's welcome uh you know the, fir the first thing is artistic autonomy right poetic authority and allowing that to exist within the poets whose work i'm reading and respecting our right you know to right. possess that authority and that autonomy as individual makers so i never want to metal um but i am fully available for like granular conversations about the comma you know three quarters of the way through line five you know <laughs> and have actually one of the most gratifying parts of this but like it's been a total joy and like an honor and a privilege to have this opportunity and so it's it's wonderful you know and it's um it's been really a lot of fun and the team at Poetry Foundation is just amazing. And, you know, it's been it's been really wonderful. Um, but probably the most gratifying part of it has been, you know, being in communication with poets whose work I've either already accepted or am likely to accept, you know, and and just opening up conversation about the work and where they think it is and mm. you know what they think it might need. And, you know, being able to think together you know um and not as editor and maker but just as as two poets thinking together about the language on the page you know like i right. in those conversations you know I, I would hope that those conversations to those interlocutors have felt uh kind of equalized or without any kind of hierarchy or you know power distribution it's just like i really want to be of service and mm. don't presume to have the answers but i'm definitely right. open um to thinking through together so um that's been really just a total joy nice well and I like I like the way you phrased it as you know where is your where is your poetry now 
And I think that's such a that's such an important question because it it is it's a journey. And I always I love asking timeline questions always because I think I think it's so important to not only uh, have other people understand that you know writing is a journey. It's a process. There are you know there are steps and stages, and it's not a first draft only uh, experience mm -hmm. all the time, uh, or, or even you know a small percentage of the time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh i like i like that that idea that there is somebody else kind of that accountability partner on that journey to ask the where question and mm -hmm. to kind of show where it is um for you uh from from trace evidence backwards mm -hmm. uh you know you uh, your uh, first book of poems was it 2017? 17, yeah. Okay. So from 2017 to 2023, um, who would you now in 2023, uh, what advice would you give for the 2017 version? Is there is there something maybe that you were more or less willing to do or say in 2017 that you are now or vice versa? Hmm more or less willing to say um i think i think my desire um and my willingness to speak whatever it was that the poems were telling me i needed to express mm. has been constant and if i didn't have that i don't know that i would make poems you know like i don't know that i would do it at all <laughs> you know that there there is a willingness there's like a desire and a willingness to uh, explore the material of my life and my subjects um, through poems that was present then and is present now. Um, and I'm grateful for because um, it's it's allowed me to grow, you know, the the constancy of that desire and, and willingness has allowed me to continue on this path and uh, to grow as an artist and as a human being. Um, so I don't know that there is anything that I, I wouldn't have been willing to say then, or, you know, that I, I would say now, because I think whatever it is that I discover is the thing that I, I try to put forward, you know, um, but what advice I would have. Hmm. Breathe. <laughs> um, I don't know I I actually don't know that's a really that's a great question that I think I would love to think about a little more you know it when I said breathe just now in jest I, I had this flash of Sharon Olds who I studied with and um in my MFA program and which was of course an honor and right you know, I just, I learned so much from her and was so grateful for that, for that time. And I remember reading during that time in my life, an interview that she had given, I think it might've been on the Academy website, where she was asked uh, what kind of advice she would give to younger poets. And her response was, well, eat your vegetables. <laughs> we eight hours a night, you know, where it was like, you know, she did it in her Sharon way, but what she, right. was, saying, what she was saying was live well, mm. like take care of yourself you know, like the lived life and uh, who you are outside of your poetic practice are the first things to tend to, mm. you know. Maybe that's an over-extrapolation of her 
of her advice, but I don't think it is. And it it reminds me of um, advice that Linda Gregg, who was one of my first teachers, uh, I studied with her as an undergraduate and would often, you know, give the uh, the undergraduate poets and in the years after college when I would see her, you know, she would say something that seems like an obvious thing to say, like, why do we even have to say this? But, you know, I think someone inside the poetry culture and in quotes, um, you know, would understand the need uh, to hear from time to time, which is, you know, the lived life comes first. Of course it does, you know, and anything that you do to take care of yourself will only enhance the poems. Mm, I like that. So for you, what was the catalyst for you when you were younger? What got mm -hmm. you to pick up a pen and actually know that it could be fun to write and not just what the teachers were telling you to do. Yeah. Um, well, I would, I love that question too. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I think there were, there were kind of two things at play in my early life that led me to poetry. And one of them, you know, is what's turned out to be my subjects, at least for the first two books, you know, these questions of, uh, kind of placelessness and uh, identity, um, racial liminality, uh, mixed race, binational, bicultural uh, context of origin, and uh, the kind of identity questions that came out of such a context, and how that required me to like look really hard at the world, just to like look really closely at it and to try to find myself inside it because there were on the surface, no mirrors really, you know? Right. And that was, you know, that was like the air, that was the weather. And then inside that, because those questions were so complicated and uh, painful, there was a culture of silence within my home around those questions. Hmm. And so the questions, ended up becoming the material they're existential they're constitutive right. they're like you know in my marrow they're of my orientation to the world and so that's the material or has been the material up until now but it was that silence that I think engendered in me a very powerful need to speak mm. and uh to communicate around these things that were all over everything inside everything that we were doing and living um but we're not languaged. Like that, not languaged. Thanks. That's it. That's that's well put. Thanks. Well, then to bring it kind of toward the here and now. Right. Uh, now that we've you know, you've been guest editor at Poetry. Uh, mm -hmm. Trace evidence is out in the world. Yes. Uh, where where do we go? Where do we go next? What is what? Uh, what are you thinking for your next? Uh, you know, your next project. Um, I'm I'm trying to enjoy Trace Evidence just being in the world. You know, I think I'm I'm like trying to inhabit that uh, for a little bit, and it's been it's been really exciting to see you know the the book out in the world, reaching people and hearing from people and. Um, seeing some of the reviews has just been, you know, really moving and really gratifying, including the poetry question, right? You, you, I mean, that review blew me away. I believe, I think Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie Stevens uh, is, is a monster. With reviews. It's, uh, he, 
you know, I, it's, it's interesting. We actually, I, I can say this now, but I, I, we announced yesterday that I'm actually stepping down as editor of the poetry question. Oh, wow. uh, it, it was my baby for the last, you know, almost 15 years. And I'm, wow. handing, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm handing it over to uh, Chris L Butler. Um, and, and I, I couldn't be more happy and excited for where it's heading. Uh, but one of the only ways I was willing to, to let it go at all is if Ronnie was willing to stay uh, as kind of the lead reviewer. Um, it was really, it was really important to make that happen because he has a knack and your book was one of them that they just kind of grab. Uh, he's, he kind of knows which, what pile he needs to put things in. Um, mm -hmm. and trace evidence was a, was a big one this year. So, I mean, it's, he definitely was loved over here for sure. Thank you. It's great to hear that. Um, yeah. So, and you, you yeah. have quite quite the home with Tin House. I mean, you can't find many better uh, many better places. It's been a joy to work with them too. Yeah, it's um it's been it's been nice working with them. And um to to answer the question about what's next is there's um probably at this point I don't know I might be you know too early on in the project, but what I'm imagining the third book of poems uh, to be is a book length epistolary poem uh, addressed to whiteness. All right. <laughs> because I don't know who I think I am to write a book length letter to whiteness, but there are sections of it that already exist. It's polyvocal. It moves over time and Ooh. space. There's like a section of it from, you know, the seventh century in the Maghreb. There's contemporary Bronx. You know, there are many, in other words, there are many authors to the letter oh and uh la review of books like years ago when i was working on trace evidence i had some pages that will go towards this project that i kind of i, I thought maybe maybe this is in trace evidence and then i kind of understood implicitly that it was its own thing and right la review of books took some of those pages so that's that's the project in poetry that okay uh, that i'm working on and will continue to grow and um i'm also doing uh, a memoir starting to work on uh, exploring the questions that uh, are at the center of the first two books of poems and prose as memoir. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Now I, I have to ask though, do we have to wait six years? Uh, for for the been, third book of poems? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you probably, know. Probably not. No, All right, no, I don't, no, no, I mean, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Awesome. Well, then um, I always like to ask to end things. Who are you reading right now? Who are you really excited about? Uh, it doesn't have to just be poetry. Who are you? Uh, who's on your shelf and who's in your hands these days? Huh. Okay. Well, um, I'm reading. I mean, I know it doesn't have to be a lot of po poetry, but I'm reading a lot of poetry right now for my guest editorship. As that you is, yeah. <laughs> um, I read many books across genres at a time and like many many like sometimes five to seven you know, and I'm you know just kind of moving between them and so let me just so my new colleague Sarah Shulman uh, who just joined the Northwestern faculty in September I've been spending time with her work um, returning to some of her work and you know spending time with it for the first time I started right. like conflict is not abuse again um, which was a book she published in 2016, I think. Okay. 2016, 2017. 
Um, I'm just about done rereading Black Morocco by Shuki El-Hamel, which is um, the first English language book-length history of Black people in Morocco, in the Maghreb, but Morocco specifically. Um, I'm about to crack open Domni Choi's DMZ Colony. Oh, all right. Um, uh, and um, I just have in Kwashi's uh, Black Aliveness or Poetics of Being. All right. And maybe I'll, I'll, I feel like I should give you one book of, <laughs> oh yeah, I gave you Domni Choi. Okay, so that's <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for your patience while I looked around. Oh. See what I was <laughs> Absolutely. If I if I could turn the computer around, trust me, my bookshelves are it, we're moving into the bins on the floor at this point. So I don't even know what to do. Thank you so much for hanging out on TPQ20 today. Absolutely a pleasure to speak with you. And I really well. yeah, I really look forward to seeing what comes next. And uh have a great rest of the night. Thank you. You too. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Questions TPQ20. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week.